Welcome to the Salem Alliance Church Podcast. To learn more about Salem Alliance, including life groups, gathering times, and other resources, visit us online at salemalliance.org. Today's talk is given by Rob Basham. I graduated from Oregon State in engineering, and I could solve complex engineering equations, but I couldn't balance my checkbook. We uh, used credit cards like it was cash. We often didn't know what we were doing. So when we started our financial journey, we were a mess. If we had a monthly shortfall, um, we would just put it on the card, and then we'd try to pay it back off. I don't know, a couple years of just kind of trying to tread water, um, all of a sudden it it felt like uh, we found ourselves in $15,000 of credit card debt. Things came to a head when I met my soon-to-be wife, Tovi. That was the tipping point for me when she would come home and see the um, the bank statements or the late fees or the letters from the bank that would uh, be stacked up seven or eight deep in the mailbox. Our, we would come together and talk about money and we would have different, um, we would have different ways that we've interacted with money historically and the desires and needs of the other person in a relationship are just as valid as yours. And so having those moments that you sit down and you talk about why you're angry, why you're upset, why you're frustrated, why you want to spend this money, uh, those are so helpful as long as you can have them in a constructive way. I had the breakthrough that I knew that she had my best interest at heart and I had hers at, at heart. Um, and that allowed me to hear her and what was important to her. And that made it so all these things that we struggled with to put down on paper started to happen. Uh, and then we were started able to actually act on them. Uh, and that was a huge breakthrough. And that was God showing up in that peace with each other. We took financial peace uh, in 2009. and. Uh, That was the beginning of the new part of our journey. In about three and a half years, uh, we were able to pay off about $53,000 of debt. And we had a written financial plan that we could fall back to every month. And life got a lot easier because of that that work that we had put in. Since taking financial peace, my my inner nerd has uh, taken over my my budgeting and my spending, and and I track things now. I know where my money's going. I know um, how much I can afford. I know um, how much uh, extra we have to stow away for vacations or projects. We start our budget uh, with giving. Uh, We weren't able to do that before. Before it was... Uh, whatever's left over is what we could, felt like we could give. Now we start the other way around. We are intentional about what we give up front, uh, which allows us to be more intentional um, with everything.
What I love about that video is the honesty that financial instability really does affect relationships, it affects families. And as we continue to talk about what it means to bring peace wherever we go, one of those things is with finances. It's important to see financial wholeness, to see financial security in our personal lives and the businesses that surround us in our city. And one of the things, I just love that, that we get to pray for even flourishing of finances. Financial peace is just something Something that we have offered around here for a long time. The two guys in the video, uh, Aman and Dwayne, are both going to be in the lobby after church. They'd love to have a talk with you. You, you won't miss Dwayne. Oregon State won last night, so he's wearing his orange pants. And, you know, it's kickoff weekend. We got Oregon and Oregon State, both 2-0. and That's a good start to the year. But uh, anyway, I just also want to let you know that financial peace is not something that we just offer for those of us that call Salem Alliance home. But financial peace is something that we bring to our city. It's something that is there. If you have friends or family or neighbors that are struggling to find that provision, to figure out how to get ahead, can I just encourage you to tell them about this resource that we offer? We want to see people from our community be blessed by this course and by this, as many of you in the room have been yourself. As we talk about peace and just biblical peace is flourishing, I do. I want you to understand that you're not in a, in a prosperity gospel preaching church, but we do care about financial well-being of our people and our city. And before we jump into the word of God today, I want to just take a moment and pray for the release of finances. Some of you in this room are in a season of struggling financially. Some of you are unemployed. Some of you lead small and medium, even large businesses in our city. And we just want to see the peace of God transcend and come upon even the economic well-being of the city of Salem and the Willamette Valley. So if you are struggling or if you're a business owner, would you even just take a posture of receiving this blessing this morning? Jesus, we declare that the shalom of God come upon our city, come upon the people here today. We asked Jehovah Jireh, the God that provides, that you would meet the needs in this room, that the families that are struggling, for those that are searching for jobs, for those that are struggling to even get food on the table, I pray your provision over them in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray that you would release flourishing into our city, that jobs would be created, that businesses would grow, and that Salem and this valley would see an economic stability and prosperity that we have not seen in decades. Would you release this type of peace and flourishing here today? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, we are kicking off a new series today, Tangible Peace, Presence in Power. You will notice that Bluey is no longer joining me on the stage. I'm sorry, too much of a good thing, you know, it's just... So anyway, Bluey has kind of been retired back to some offices for now, but I hope that you enjoyed our series on Bluey. I know that we got a lot of feedback on that, most of it really positive. Uh, And what I loved... What I loved was the fact that we get to see all these other communicators up here. and We just have such a a deep talent of people that can speak publicly and make the word of God come alive. So I hope you enjoyed that series. As we kick off this new series, I actually want to just pause for a second and refresh us as a church, some of us for the first time, reminding us of our vision, our mission, and our values. Our vision here at Salem Alliance is to see Salem become a city at peace with God, for us to live into the 
meaning of our name as a city. We do this by walking in our mission. We exist to exalt Jesus Christ, become his fully devoted followers, and share his grace and his truth with all the people in our city and in our valley. And we do this. One of the ways we do this is by living out our values. We value life with Jesus together and on mission. That simply means that we think it is important that every one of us in this room is growing in our ability to pray and understand God's word, that we're doing life up with God, but we're also doing life together. Why we want to see everyone engaged in the life group and finding community that challenges us. That's where true discipleship happens in those relational things. Discipleship happens here, but truly it happens when we process the word of God together in our struggles in community. And we want to be a church that is on mission. That is very important for us. We are known in our city as being a church that loves and cares for our city. There's multiple ways that we do that around here, but this sermon series is going to really focus on that last one, what it means to be a church, a people, a community that is on mission. You see, we believe that when we leave this building, we aren't actually leaving the church because we are the church. We are all commissioned, empowered, anointed to bring the peace the presence and the power of Jesus wherever we step to our spheres of influence, bringing a level of flourishing to our city and the valley. It's my hope in the next few weeks to just give us tangible ways of what this looks like, taking us up even to our Vision 360 celebration where we will look back and celebrate what God has done among us and also see a vision for the future. I'm using the word tangible here because I believe it has to be tangible. We have to have an idea of what actual peace coming to our city looks like. And that's where I actually want to start because today we're talking about peace. What does tangible peace entering your community look like? A lot of you in this room went back to university or started university or went to high school or middle school even elementary school this week, and you kicked off your first week. What does peace look like in your school? Can you imagine what what it would look like? What does peace look like in your home or in your apartments, in your neighborhood, your workplace? What does relational peace look like? What would it look like in your senior living facility? What would have to change? Who would have to change? How would the culture of the community look different? Flourishing. What does that look like in your spheres? What would it look like for no more wrongdoing or injustice to exist in these communities? You see, peace means harmony and unity in relationships. Peace means relationships that are characterized by love and unselfishness and reconciliation. Peace means flourishing. And much of the message of Jesus was this idea that the kingdom of God is here, that the Prince of Peace himself, Jesus, is releasing shalom, flourishing everywhere he goes. And he's raising up a people to do the same. He would continually teach on these principles of love and forgiveness and reconciliation, and he engaged with people from every sphere of society, including the marginalized, the oppressed, the overlooked. And he called his people to do the same, to actively engage with the culture around them, understanding the city's needs, the town's struggles, the aspirations of the families that live on your street. And he issues that challenge. 
to walk into the injustices, to walk into the uncertainty, to enter into the tragedies, and as a person of peace, take some of that upon us. Sometimes we use the phrase, we get to absorb the chaos, which allows us to release hope. This past week, I was talking with one of our preaching pastors, Jennifer, about that, and she was honest with me. She's like, I don't actually like the phrase absorb the chaos because it means that I kind of have to take it on. And I know that's not what we mean, but, but that's not what we mean. We get to take the chaos and put it at the feet of Jesus and release peace. That's, that's the deal. We started talking, and she said, I like the, the image of a lightning rod. I'll put one on the screen because we don't have a lot of lightning rods in the West Coast, East Coast. These are everywhere. But a lightning rod sits in a high place of a building, and it says, go ahead and hit me, I can take it. And the lightning hits it and it immediately gets grounded and goes into the ground and can do no damage. And in a way, we, the church, get to be the lightning rod in different places in the community. We don't take it upon ourselves, but we get to lay it at the feet of Jesus and release that hope. There's multiple ways that we get to do this. Tangible peace as some of our intercessors were gathered here praying to just kick off this ministry year here at Salem Alliance, one of them had just had this image of peace being this mom just putting her hand on her agitated toddler and saying, breathe. What is it like for you to give that kind of moment to your neighbors and to your community? There are many ways that we as a community, Salem Alliance, bring peace where we step. Our Bible study guide, which I encourage you to pick up there in the lobby, gives us even lists of ways to live this out. Some of those are through our own programs that we run, like Feed Salem, that many of you volunteered at yesterday, or Roars, where we provide firewood for those that are struggling to heat their homes. And we have our lists of the programs and these organizations that we partner with that allow us to bring tangible peace in an actionable way to our city. And I love the phrase that actions speak louder than words. And so I love the fact that we are a church that loves to do tangible, actionable work in our city. But today, I actually want to focus. I want to focus not on the actions, but on the words. Because our words are powerful. You see, if you are a follower of Jesus, you have the authority and the anointing to speak words of peace over people, into situations, over families. You see, we see this throughout Scripture. Jesus, the great high priest, when he commissions the 12 and the 72, he sends them out and he instructs them. Whenever you enter someone's house, say, God's peace be on this house. This isn't simply a greeting. This is a spiritual battle that is happening. This is an authoritative action that his followers get to lead with. He commissions them to do this. And in a way, this is a priestly duty. And our great high priest then calls us his priests. You see, we see in 1 Peter 2 that we are called to be these stones that come together to build the temple of God. We are called holy priests. In verse 9, it says that you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you get to show others the goodness of God. For he has called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. It's a very important thing. We get to walk in this. I just want to let you know that today you are worshiping in a Protestant church. I think most of you are aware of that. And while I love 
I love the heritage and the beauty of the Catholic Church and my Catholic brothers and sisters. One major theological difference between the Catholic Church and the Protestant Church is this concept of the priesthood of all believers. Here at Sam Alliance, we don't believe that myself and the other ordained men and women that are on staff are the only ones that are able to mediate God's grace. We don't believe that we are the only ones that are able to take the mysteries of God and make them come alive. We don't believe that we are the only ones in this room that have a holy calling. We believe that everyone in this room has a holy calling. If Jesus is your Lord, you have a holy, a holy calling. You are a priest, and you get to bring the anointing of, pre, of peace into the communities when you step. In the Middle East, as I live there, there's a common greeting that has, in many ways, lost its power because it has become just an overdone ritual. But anytime you enter a room, you say, Salam Aleikum. And the response back to you is, Aleikum Salam. This means peace upon you, and then the peace is returned to you. Now, truth be told, after just a couple of months of living in the Middle East, it becomes second nature. It becomes as simple as, hey, how you doing? And that's really, in many ways, what it feels like it means. And yet, we, as followers of Jesus, need to redeem that saying. And when we enter setting, and bring the peace of God, we do get to say, peace be upon you. You see, when we pay attention to this, and when it is not just a greeting, but rather an intentional act that we as Christ followers have, it is powerful. You see, when we are just listening to the voice of Holy Spirit and receiving his nudges of where we get to do such an action, it is a powerful, powerful thing. We get to walk in authority. We get to bestow the anointing peace of God into our communities, onto the hearts and the minds of people. We get to enter and release peace over marriages over meeting rooms, classrooms, over our friends, our neighbors, our children, and their children. Anyone in this room that is a son or a daughter of the king has this privilege, has this authority, has this anointing. And I believe as we begin to walk in it with new levels of awareness, walking in our authority, that this is a very tangible way that peace will start to manifest itself in our city. You see, part of a priestly duty is to pray the prayers of peace and the prayers of blessing. In the Old Testament, the Levitical peace priests would daily proclaim and release these blessings over the people. The most common one we see in Numbers 6, 22 to 27, a common benediction. It says it's a special blessing that the priests would proclaim over their people. We'll sing it over one another as we end our service today. But it says this, then the Lord says to Moses, tell Aaron and his sons to bless the people of Israel with this special blessing. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile and be gracious to you. May the Lord show you his favor and give you his peace. There's an important thing that you see there underlined in that last sentence as well. Because when you walk around and you release peace everywhere you go, understand you're not emptying your personal tank of peace. You're not splashing the little peace you have left on your neighbors. No, you are simply imparting your peace, I mean his peace, onto these individuals. It's a powerful, powerful act. It's important for us to walk in this. As I talk about this concept of getting to release the kingdom of heaven, to bring heaven to earth as we pray, some of you, you feel excitement rising. Some of you already do this. 
Some of you are saying, I'm going to give this a try this week, and something is rising in you. And some of you are out there, and you're saying, I don't know that I really have the authority or the power that you're talking about. And I get that. And I encourage you to go to the Word of God, because this is not just simple verses that are being taken now. This is something we see throughout all of Scripture, Old Testament to New. And you need to walk in this. And some of you are, are out there, and, and uh, trust me, I get it. You're saying, this feels so awkward. You're asking me to take this step of, like, blessing my, my friends and my neighbors and classrooms and different things with this, this, this piece that you can't really see, and you're asking me to release, yes, I am. And I don't believe that it has to be that awkward. I don't want us to become this awkward community that walks around our city and peace here, peace there. This is not like Oprah. Peace for you and peace for you and peace for you. This is a real, tangible, Holy Spirit thing. We get to awaken every morning and say, Holy Spirit, I'm open to this. Show me where you want me to release words of peace today. I've been doing this more intentionally this past week, and it's just been amazing to see these conversations with neighbors where, wow, they're really anxious about that. And I'm able to say a couple of words and kind of just nonchalantly release some peace. When I'm at the gym and somebody starts talking to me about some issues that they're having in the marriage, and I just find myself at the gym kind of sweaty, not really wanting to talk to anyone, but actually releasing peace into the moment. I believe that when we raise our awareness, these opportunities will present themselves to us. And you will find yourself trying to get to your car after work and having that parking lot conversation with a coworker who is lamenting that they've lost their weekend because they have to go care for a family member. And all of a sudden, Holy Spirit nudges you and you realize that I can listen with empathy and right in this moment, I'm going to release peace over them as they travel. Or you're in school and that classmate at lunch starts talking to you about, I think my parents are going to get a divorce. And you're able to just receive Holy Spirit saying, you need to minister to that person right now. They are hurting. And you say, I don't even know what that could be like. But man, I just bless. I hope that your parents are able to reconcile. In fact, I'll be praying for their relationship. I just released peace over you today. That's got to be tough. May you experience the comfort. Or your neighbor tells you that the children have just kind of canceled them, that, that, that they've kind of broken communication with them. In fact, they're blaming their parenting style back in the day for their current struggles. And you're able to enter into that and say, I am, I'm really sorry. That's got to be tough. I bless you with the hope of reconciliation and restored peace into your family setting. I don't know what stories you will have from this, but I'm pretty confident that if you are aware and ready, these opportunities will present themselves this week and peace, the peace of God will begin to enter into communities that need it. Church family, we take a hold of the peace of Jesus and we place it on people's minds and hearts. Tangible peace released. It's the invitation, the calling, the commissioning of the day. And if I'm to be honest with you, there's nothing I love talking about more and preaching on than the kingdom of God advancing here in our city. I got to be honest with you, four weeks ago, I started to kind of outline these talks, and I wrote a talk for today four weeks ago, and it was a lot more intense than this. It was a locker room, hoorah, let's take the city, let's bring peace everywhere. It was intense. It was awesome. <laughs> and then the last three weeks happened. And the last three weeks have been rough for me and for many of you out there. I've heard the stories over and over. 
In fact, as I wander the halls between services and just check in with people and say hi, today I've encountered tears, honest stories of loved ones that are on their last trip, their last leg. I've encouraged and I've seen people, how are you doing? Uh, uh, there's been a lot of ahs today. And the reality is, I don't know what's been going on. But many of us are coming out of the summer not refreshed, not experiencing peace, but actually grieving, tired, struggling to take thoughts captive, struggling to find rest at night, finding good sleep because of the stressors in life are, are weighing in on us. I've been to so many funerals the last three weeks. I've been to a lot of hospital beds. I've been in the ER more than usual. I've actually traveled and grieved with my own family back on the East Coast last week as we lost a dear loved one. And the bottom line is that before peace can be released wherever we step, we got to make sure that we have received the peace of Christ, that we are embodying it ourselves. And so with the few minutes I have remaining, I actually want to pivot from a challenge and an invitation to take peace wherever we go and actually shift up our posture to simply repeat, receive the peace of Christ today as we are released Prepping this for me was a needed realignment to remind myself that I need the peace of Christ. The world had began to rob some of that from me, and I needed the reminder that my peace is not circumstantial. In John 14, the gospel letter, it begins, John 14, don't let your hearts be troubled. To which the last two weeks, I sarcastically said, yeah, okay, that's nice. Easier said than done. And yet in this John 14 chapter, the context is important and what follows is beautiful because Jesus here is preparing his disciples for what is coming, his arrest and his death. He knows they will be confused and scared. They won't get it. And even though he will leave them, he promises them peace. He doesn't promise them comfort. He doesn't promise them victory or power or freedom from the Roman occupation that they find themselves under or a life that is free of conflict or fear. What he promises them is an advocate the Holy Spirit. You see, in verse 26, it says this, when the Father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and will remind you of everything I have told you. I'm leaving you with a gift, peace of minds and hearts. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid, remember what I told you, I am going away, but I will come back to you again. The word advocate there is a little bit of a confusing word. If you look at the original language, the word is paraclete, which could be interpreted encourager, comforter, okay? And I think many of us need to realize that he is our encourager. He is our comforter. He is our counselor, the Holy Spirit provides those things. And here in John 14, Jesus is giving the assurance to the community that first, they are not alone. They will not be alone. They will not be left as orphans. And he is reminding them of the security that they have because he will return and make all things right. But for us this morning, may we be reminded that peace is a gift from God. It is a fruit of the Spirit. It is not a byproduct of our external circumstances. The world cannot give the peace that Christ offers us. It is not found in the comfort or the financial security or that we live in a democracy or that there's power. It isn't even through distraction from our hobbies or that next vacation that we have planned. Those are blessings and those are good things, 
but those will not release peace. He says, I will give you my peace. That's what I'm after. John 16, is an anchoring verse for me. It says, I have told you, the words of Jesus, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth, you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. This peace comes from resting in what he has done. It is not earned It is received. Some of us need to take a deep breath and be reminded of this. This peace comes from resting in what he has already accomplished. It is not earned. It is received. And so today, we have the opportunity to come and take communion. We get to receive the peace of Christ in this spiritual and transcendent way, taking the sacraments as we remember what God has done for us. For some present here today, you're searching for God. You enter this room and you are actually not a follower of Jesus, but you are seeking and you're wondering why you're even here today. And throughout scripture, we realize that we have access to God because of the work that Jesus completed on the cross. And Romans 5 tells us, having been justified by faith, that is where we discover this peace with our Lord Jesus Christ. And if you are here today, in a few minutes, people are gonna come forward and be taking part in communion. And can I encourage you, I would love to see you put your allegiance in King Jesus to discover this Prince of Peace. And so instead of coming forward and taking communion, I'll be over here and I'd love to have a conversation with you. If you are on live stream, we'd love for you to email us. We'd love to talk to you about this. And for some of you, there's this nervousness, this heart beating fast. And can I just encourage you? That is likely our good father pursuing you to offer this peace. For others in this room today, you are struggling to find peace because you need freedom from shame and a consciousness of condemnation that has been plaguing you. You need to be reminded that you live in victory. In World War II, the Allied troops began to flash this victory sign to one another. This sign meant victory. Victory is ours. It is here. Victory, victory. Over the years, it began to become and just meant peace. Peace to you. Peace. And you flash the peace sign to one another. But for us as Christ followers, those are synonymous. Because our peace is in his victory. And for some of you, you need to come to the table today and remember of what Christ did on the cross, the victory that he secured for you. You need to come and remind the enemy that condemnation has no place anymore. Shame needs to go to the feet of Jesus because you stand under the banner and it says, Jesus, I am his, purchased with his shed blood. And some of you need to come to the table today your current circumstances, the realities that have been setting in are attempting to distract you, like me, from the peace that transcends all understanding. To you, if this is you today, and the authority I have, I bless you with the peace of Christ himself as you come forward, and I speak the words of 2 Thessalonians 3.16 over you. May the Lord of peace himself Give you peace at all times in every way. The Lord be with you. May you sense his peace and his presence over you like a weighted blanket this week. As we head back into worship, you're invited to come to the table, to come in remembrance of what he has done, but also with a posture to receive a fresh 
peace today. We are asking him to calm the storms with his presence, to release his peace so we in turn can bring it everywhere we step this week. Here at Salem Alliance, we practice open communion, which means that if you are a follower of Jesus and you are here today, you are welcome to come and participate with us. See, on the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took the bread and he broke it. And he looked at his friends, the community gathered around him, and he said, this is my body, broken for you. He took the cup of wine and he held it up and he said, this is my blood poured out for you for the remission of sins. He went to the cross and he paid the ultimate price so that we could experience peace like never before. Today, we are reminded of what he did. As we enter the table, would you join me in a responsive reading? Deliver us from evil, Lord. Graciously grant peace in our days that by the help of your mercy we may be free from sin and safe from all distress as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours now and forevermore. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, peace I leave you, my peace I give you, Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church and faithfully grant her peace and unity according to your will. To the one who reigns forever and ever, amen. The peace of Christ upon you. Thanks for listening to the Salem Alliance podcast. We hope you have been challenged and inspired. Salem Alliance is a community of believers located in downtown Salem, Oregon, and we are passionate about our city being a city at peace with God. To experience other messages and discover more about who we are, please visit salemalliance.org or download the Salem Alliance app. And again, thanks for listening.